Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Hope you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful week. I thank you so much for joining us here today. It's an exciting time here at the cafe. We're diving into God's word uh, head on. We're looking at some great spiritual truths as we always do. And uh, the way the Lord has aligned this is typically almost every message I preach deals with you. It deals with what's going on with you. I guess that's how he shaped his word. It's why it's called it's the living word. Amen. Because it deals with what we're going through. It meets us where we're at. And yes, every verse of scripture can be put into a historical context and biblical context, of course. And I try to do that as best I can to make sure I'm not taking anything out of context. It's always good to compare scripture with scripture and to look at what you know the scripture says. And there's so many examples of that uh, throughout the Bible that it's important to take it into context. Uh, and so that's why we spent a lot of time in what's called the Pauline epistles. And here today, uh, this is the second message in a series on, a, a series on um, Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, talking about our inheritance, our inheritance. And um, I'll just read those verses here, and then we'll dive into what this means to have an, a heavenly inheritance here today. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. And so Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 is giving us this understanding that we receive the Holy Spirit of promise. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the third part of the of the Trinity, of the fullness of God, of the Holy Trinity, of the three-in-one God, of the triune God. That's that third part, the Holy Spirit. We receive that Holy Spirit when we're saved. And you say, okay, Brother Clark, I knew that. All right. Well, did you know that once you receive that Holy Spirit, that is now a down payment from God? That is a, a, a sampling of what is to come from God. That is the earnest, the upfront good faith deposit from God of what is to come in heaven. Now, you may not have known that. Uh, that's, again, a great spiritual truth in Ephesians, uh, that, that we get the comforter and the Holy, Com- the Holy Spirit, the comforter, is a he, and he is a wonderful um, a part of our lives. He is an essential part of the Christian life. In fact, you can't be a true Christian without him. And he always points back to Christ and he helps you discern the Bible. Uh, he gives you discernment over the Bible and he convicts you over sin and he brings things to your memory in the word. And he's incredible. Uh, every message I've preached, Lord knows, uh, has been by the working of the Holy Spirit. When I pray before church, when I go to preach, on Sunday morning to the uh, congregation the Lord has given me. I ask him nearly every single time, Lord, get me out of the way, get my ego out of the way, my person out of the way, my opinions out of the way, and by the working of the Holy Spirit, preach through me what you'd have your people to know about such and such topic. That is how I pray before I preach. 
That is my prayer before I go on the radio. Uh, and that is because the Holy Spirit is the one that is of God. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is not of the flesh. Amen. The Holy Spirit is how Paul wrote these epistles. And people will say, well, how can all these different authors write these uh, 66 books in the Bible? And yet they're all unified. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's why we call it Holy Spirit derived scripture. And so we see here that the Holy Spirit is actually a sign of things to come, a down payment, a deposit, just a little beginning of what God wants you to know what heaven will be like. I'm so glad for that. We know Christ himself uh, in John 14, 26 explains here briefly, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So we hear, we see here in John 14, 26, that Christ calls the Holy Spirit a comforter, the capital C, calls him the Holy Ghost, says that the Father sends the uh, Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, and calls him a he. He shall teach you all things. Just in case you wonder where I get the idea that the Holy Spirit's a he, he shall teach you all things. It's so plainly written in scripture, and yet many don't even see it. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So we as Christians want to live like Christ. We as Christians follow the teachings of Paul because Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles, and that's who we are here today. And we are told that when we are saved, we get Christ living within us through the Holy Spirit. And so the first message here, I spoke about what it means to have that earnest down payment, that deposit, and, and how great that is for what's to come. And that's what I want to talk about here today. What is to come? The coming redemption of our body. Because if we have the Spirit, and if you're like me, uh, maybe you're a little cynical or skeptical sometimes, and you say, okay, I've got the Holy Spirit living within me, but I still sin. I still have fleshly desires. I still mess up. I'm still discouraged, whatever it may be. And you say, how can that be? Well, because we're not fully remade. Amen. Uh, we're not fully remade. Romans 8, 23. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, capital S spirit, even we grow ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. And so Paul writes so clearly in Romans 8, 23, that even us that have the Holy Spirit are groaning. And we're not just groaning out loud, we're groaning within ourselves. I love that. Uh, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. You know, very specific here where we're groaning. We're groaning not just out loud, but within ourselves because we're waiting for that adoption, the redemption of our body. And what is that adoption, that redemption of our body that we're waiting so earnestly for and so patiently for and desire so much? Uh, Elcott's commentary says it's complete and final salvation from sin and death. And that is the idea that it is the, it is the, the beginning work that is now finished. So the work has already begun in us, those that have been saved, those that accepted Christ as Savior, those that believe on Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, those that understanded their need, that realized that they were a sinner and they were a lost and dying and headed for hell if they didn't accept Christ as Savior because he was the only one. The Bible says that uh, there is no way to the Father but by Christ. Uh, and so we, Jesus Christ says, says that himself in the Bible, by the way. And so we realize our need. We realize we have a sin debt that we can't pay. We realize that Christ already paid 
that price on the cross, and then when we accept Christ, we are saved. Oh, what a beautiful plan of salvation that the Lord has for us. And we understand that. We get the comfort of living within us, but our body is still decaying. We are still struggling. And Romans 8.23 is good, but I'll tell you what, Romans 8 as a whole is even better. Romans 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, capital S spirit. So by the way, when you walk after the spirit, that's the Holy Spirit living within you once you've been saved, there's no condemnation. You're not condemned. You're not, you're not in trouble. You're not, you're not like not good enough. You're no longer under the law. You are saved and God is not here to condemn you. He's here to give you life and more, give it to you more abundantly. Uh, verse two of Romans eight, for the law of the spirit, capital S of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. And so, as I just explained, the law of the spirit, amen, who Christ is, has made us free from the law. We're no longer under the law because we could never keep the law. That's why the law existed because it was grievous. No one could ever keep it. Uh, and there's 600 plus parts to the law, whatever it may be, and they're very intricate. No one can keep the law, and so we don't have to. God realized our need, sent Christ uh, himself to die on the cross for our sins. We accept Christ, we're forgiven, and we are no longer under the law. Uh, verse 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity or warfare against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. The body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. So you see that dichotomy there. The body, you're still in the sinful mortal body. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if through the spirit do, uh, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So through the spirit, we are to mortify or repress these deeds of the flesh. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We're crying, Daddy, Father, right here. We're saying, Lord, help us, right? Verse 16, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And so here verse 16 tells you how you know you're saved, that we can tell uh, that the Holy Spirit is living within us, that we know we're a child of God. Verse 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. 
For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And so we see here so many great truths about how the whole creation, not just mankind, but all animals, everything, the trees, the flowers, everything groans and, and waits and moans and is, is, is uh, just waiting for God to return, amen, for his kingdom to be set up because the corruption is so great. And we also see the Holy Spirit's role in helping us discern things and understand things and helping us pray. The Holy Spirit's role in even the idea that all things work together for those that love the Lord, Romans eight twenty eight it tells us the Holy Spirit is involved in that heavily. And so we see all these things to understand this great truth that while we are now saved, if we've accepted Christ as Savior and we have the Holy Spirit living within us, we are not yet fully resurrected. We are not yet fully new Christians. We are not yet fully able to be perfect, to be immortal, uh, to shed this mortal body. 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 44. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body. It is raised in a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. I thank the Lord for these scriptures, and I urge you to research more about the resurrected body, about the glorified body, about that day, because that day is the day that we will have no more pain, and that deposit of the Holy Spirit will come to fruition, where we will have a perfect body like Christ. I thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Take care. God bless, and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.